KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, January 31st. The Firefighters Union is taking legal action over PFAS in firefighting gear. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. After a couple of rainy days, the weather is expected to clear up today. The National Weather Service says all of the rain and snowfall will be over by this afternoon. But it will still be chilly until tomorrow morning. Then it's expected to warm up through the weekend. The city of San Diego is changing course on how it handles the ticketing and towing of vehicles. This comes after a recent audit found that the city's policy disproportionately affects people with lower incomes and others who are vulnerable. Council member Stephen Whitburn is leading the change. He says he's working to find a way to still enforce parking regulations, but in a more equitable and reasonable way that doesn't append people's lives. For many people, uh, they simply can't afford to get their car out of the impound because it's invariably hundreds of dollars. And you know what happens if you can't get your car out of the impound? It is sold to the highest bidder. And many, many people lose their cars this way. Annually, the city loses more than a million dollars towing people's cars. Seven states that rely on water from the Colorado River have until today to agree on a plan to cut back on water use. That includes California. If a decision isn't made today, the federal government will have to force the cuts. The Colorado River can no longer meet the demand for water because of chronic overuse and climate change. Water drawn from the river flows to more than 40 million people in the country. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. The nation's largest firefighters union is taking legal action to get so-called forever chemicals out of protective clothing known as turnouts. The International Association of Firefighters says those chemicals known as PFAS cause cancer, and it has retained three law firms to try to change regulations and get PFAS out of turnouts. Deputy Chief James Gabry with San Diego Fire and Rescue says they buy the safest gear possible. He says San Diego has been ahead of industry standards for more than 15 years, taking steps like issuing two sets of turnouts to try to mitigate the risks. Dirty is not cool anymore. This is nothing new to me. My goal right now is not to be angry, but is to help try to find a solution. Gabri said he doesn't know of any equipment that is 100% PFAS free. There is a slight trace amount, which has been deemed acceptable because it's in most places, is on the moisture barrier in between the outer shell and the inner shell that never touches our skin. The Firefighters Union says about a dozen firefighters are part of the lawsuit, but they expect more. They say over 60 percent of firefighter deaths are career-related cancers. 
thieves have stolen more than $35 million from some of the state's most vulnerable residents because the debit cards California uses to send financial assistance are too easy to exploit. CalMatters reporter Jeannie Kwong says the state is trying to make it easier for these theft victims to get their money back. I spoke with multiple people who had their benefits drained more than once, sometimes minutes after the funds hit their accounts. For some, it took weeks to get the money replaced, a delay that can mean being short on grocery money or falling behind on rent. Now, the state has reduced the number of steps victims have to take to replace the stolen benefits. But the main problem is that electronic benefits cards don't have security chips, which have been a consumer protection standard for years. And it's still unclear when the state will make that upgrade, since lawmakers have to approve budget funding first. That's CalMatters' Jeannie Kwong. Coming up, we have details on Museum Month in San Diego. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Surfboards, model trains, aviation, and lots of fine art. Those are just some of the things you see and learn about during the month of February at a big discount. KPBS reporter John Carroll has more on Museum Month 2023. I met up with San Diego Museum Council Executive Director Bob Lehman on a cool sunny day in Balboa Park. Here's how he describes Museum Month. A lot of fun, that's what it's about. Of course, it's also about learning, seeing, and experiencing new things, or old things in new ways. The museums are really doing well after the pandemic. We have a lot of new exhibits, uh, and there's so many more museums participating. Fifteen more than last year for a total of 60. All participating museums and cultural institutions across the county are offering half-off admission for the next 28 days. Go to any library, pick up your museum pass. You can see a list of all the museums right there. Whatever part of the county you want to visit, there's so much to do. If you want to take in several museums in a day, Balboa Park is your place. There are 17 museums and cultural institutions there. But that leaves dozens more scattered across the county. Among the new participants is a place downtown across the street from the Santa Fe Depot. 
It's a museum like no other. My name is Jacopo Annese, and I'm the director of the Brain Observatory. The museum is the brainchild of Jacopo Annese. For most of his career, he was a professor in residence at UC San Diego and the president and CEO for the Institute for Brain and Society. He says the idea of this combination brain research lab and art gallery is to bring brain and society closer together. I felt like I was in the university setting working behind closed doors. And I personally felt there was a lot of beauty and mystique in the work that we were doing because we worked with real brains. The observatory just opened, and Anese says it's still a work in progress. But several brains are already here, brains donated by people whose life stories are well known to Anese. Donated by patients, donated by uh, people who had maybe a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson. My specialty is brain imaging. Anese says most imaging work is an attempt to understand the characteristics of disease, how it manifests, how it progresses. But that work is typically done by researchers who don't have any idea about the details of a brain donor's life. Anese says putting those images together with a person's life story can lead to a clearer picture of the disease, and perhaps one day to a cure. Now at this point, you might be asking yourself, what exactly is the connection between brains and art? Uh, there's two kinds of art when it comes to brain. Uh, there is neuroart, so-called neuroart, which is making art out of brain images. And then there is the imagining. So for going from imaging to imagining, that's what artists do, uh, using introspection, using uh, imagination. And I think that there is untapped potential in asking artists to team up with scientists to discover how their brain works. And it's very possible that if you don't make artists feel like intruders in your lab, they could actually contribute with, uh, with insight. In the near future, Anese says you'll be able to watch researchers doing work on brains while at the same time seeing art informed by their work. Back to Balboa Park, and Bob Lehman pointed out a new feature of this year's Museum Month. Beginning on February 6th, you can either go online and download your pass, good for up to four people, or you can scan a QR code on the paper passes available at more than 80 libraries throughout the county. Then, get ready for whatever museum experience you choose. What I encourage people to do is make a day of it. So if you're going to go someplace, you're going to go up to Oceanside or go up to the San Diego Botanical Garden in Encinitas, well, plan to go to lunch while you're going to do it or have a dinner. From brains to boats, trains to planes, you can find it all in museums and cultural institutions across San Diego County, and all at a 50% discount during Museum Month 2023. John Carroll, KPBS News. Samoas, Tagalongs, Thin Mints, yes, it's Girl Scout cookie season. KPBS reporter Melissa May tells us about a special community service project that helps send cookies to military troops overseas. They're back. Girl Scout cookies are now on sale in San Diego and Imperial Counties. And the Girl Scouts say there's no supply shortage like last year. Carol Dietrich is the CEO of Girl Scouts San Diego and says the San Diego Council launched a very special community service project back in 2002. 
Operation Thin Men came out of an idea of how do we connect the largest program that we have with community service and supporting our military. So all of it came together and voila, we have Operation Thin Men. Currently, Operation Thin Mint has sent 3.8 million boxes of cookies to our military overseas, and Girl Scouts San Diego hopes to reach 4 million during this year's cookie program that runs through March 12th. The Operation Thin Mint send-off is on April 14th. Melissa May, KPBS News. Jason Magabo Perez is San Diego's new Poet Laureate. He's the author of two hybrid poetry collections and has another in the works. He's a graduate of UCSD and is now director of the Ethnic Studies Program at Cal State San Marcos. Pettis spoke with KPBS Midday Edition producer Harrison Patino about his role as Poet Laureate. You made your debut as Poet Laureate at the State of the City Address earlier this month with a poem titled, We Draft Work Songs for This City. I'm hoping we could start by having you read a selection from that poem. Sure, sure. We draft work songs for this city. Whenever the surrender of this quiet is typhoon enough, we draft work songs for this city. Mighty we of rough draft futures, we of protest chant and scrapyard syntax. We work song in tin, drum, glottal syllables of distant motherlands. We draft litanies at every streetlight altar. We draft verse on napkins and reused plastic grocery bags. We, raw material literatures, distillation of after dreams, swap meet philosophers. We, whose hands wash sky, who grow gardens and gardens against worry. We, whose mighty ache remakes history. Thank you, Jason. That was beautiful. Can you tell us more about that poem? What does it mean to you? And why did you choose that for the State of the City Address? It's actually a, a bit of a remix and a sort of re-edit, revise, repurpose, recycle from a series of writings coming from my forthcoming book. I really wanted to share my love with the city. And so the longer version of that poem references three general areas where I lived in San Diego for a good amount of time. But I think perhaps most importantly, demonstrating my solidarity and love for the workers. I was raised by workers, you know, blue-collar workers, and know we're all workers, but wanting to put that frame in the poem and share that with working people. So I understand you first became interested in poetry as a college student. What was that introduction like? Yeah, I, you know, I was a college student at UCSD, an undergraduate student, and I ultimately was drawn to spoken word. Uh, I think that, you know, my, my relationship to literature, my relationship to literature and English classes was not always the best. I didn't know it was because I didn't feel represented in the literature we were reading. Uh, But I think perhaps even much more deeply, I didn't feel I had a relationship, an intimate or healthy relationship with my own sort of way of of how I think about myself and, and, and express myself. And so when I saw folks, you know, doing spoken word, friends like my, my dear friend, the late uh, Penai feminist poet, Joy De La Cruz doing poetry on stage or, or one of my best friends, uh, VJ Jennings doing poetry on the stage. It really helped me come to terms with with how I felt about literature, and you know, I ended up linking up with them and building community and really gravitating towards poetry. But I think that 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 came after you know the the community building and the activist work that we were doing, right? And so it sort of became a a place where we can gather and and where we can process our thinking, our feelings, and 
make sense of the world, and, and poetry happened to the, be the medium that was really available to us. Your personal family history has had a profound effect on your work, specifically when your mother, Leonora Perez, was framed by the FBI in the 70s. Can you tell us more about your mother's story and, and how that's influenced your work? Sure. I often sort of share this story and drop some details, and, and it's such a long story to talk about. It's, it's sort of my life's work to really write about this story and figure out different ways to explore it in a way that's that's careful and responsible and accountable to my mother, to the other Filipino nurse, to that history, to our communities. Uh, but my mother and, and another nurse were framed by the FBI for murder. A series of murders had happened while they were nurses at the Ann Arbor Veterans Hospital Administration. Patients were suffering breathing arrests. The FBI eventually came in to investigate through about a million dollars at the time uh, at the investigation, and they ended up pinning it on my mother and another nurse, right? And so my mother had pretty freshly immigrated. She had immigrated in 1972, um, and this was in 1975. This all happened before I was born. We kept migrating west because of the trauma from this particular historical moment. I think that, you know, as, as some of that family history crept into some of our conversations, I think that my relationship to institutions, formal institutions, um, has, has been shaped with a suspicion, always a caution uh, because of what happened to my mother and my relationship to the English language because she was persecuted, saw an immigrant having a thick accent, having uh, a way of expressing herself that was not understood or heard in the courtroom by jurors or the judge or the prosecutors or whatever. I think a lot of that has shaped what my interest is in coming back to our communities, coming back to our families, and trying to sort of tell our stories through the language, the languages that feel most empowering to us. Your role as poet laureate will also include cultivating relationships with the community and telling stories across San Diego. How do you hope to make poetry more accessible through this work? Yeah, I think that there's actually a lot of, of great movers and shakers, a lot of great community organizers and poetry communities in San Diego. I think, you know, hopefully getting folks to workshops and getting folks to reading groups where we don't not only share our own poetry, but perhaps spend time with someone's poetry book. I think we have a very vibrant community of poets here in San Diego. I, I consider myself a part of, of some of those communities. And so I think linking with them and, and connecting with them and hopefully collaborating to reach out to the community. And by community, I, I'm thinking about things intergenerationally. I'm also thinking about definitely paying some attention to the youth and, and young people who I think have a lot to say and a lot to teach us. That was San Diego Poet Laureate Jason Magabo Pettis speaking with KPBS's Harrison Patino. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Tuesday.
KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.